welcome to Neither the Tide Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who and the Sarah Jane Adventures and indeed Torchwood. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the Celestial Matt. Hello there. Hello. So, Sarah Jane Adventures, Series 2. We are continuing with it this week, Matt. Mm, Secrets of the Stars. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, tip my hand on how I felt about this one uh, too too early on, uh, but I was curious, Matt. Do you do you do you pay much heed to matters astrological? Um. Well, I'm glad you said that, David. I was going to do this later yeah. in the show. I've loaded up today's oh, okay, hor- sorry. horoscopes. Oh, great. Um. Uh, I feel guilty because I forget every time we record. But when's your birthday? <laughs> uh, I'm a Leo, if that's what you need to know. Okay, so your birthday falls between July 23rd and August 23rd. Mm. Okay. It does. So this comes from The Express, uh, and it's written by... That August publication. Yeah, it's written... What's that guy called that always does them? Grant somebody. Russell Grant. Russell Grant. He's still going, is he? Oh, yeah. Right. David. Okay. Uh, hold on, because there's just a pop-up ad blocking what I need to read. So, for Sunday, the 5th of February, 2023. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Friends will be full of advice, but you should make your own decisions. You need to find the strength within to decide on your own priorities and take charge of your life. It is becoming more important to you to start looking after your own interests. Right, okay, that's interesting because um, outside of my partner and my son, you're the first person I've spoken to all day today. Right, well, don't don't let <laughs> so my I... decisions, you know, skew you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, what about you? What's what's uh, what's your horoscope uh, say, Matt? Have a look. I am a Libra. So, you should refuse... Hold on, a little pop-up. This website is full of pop-ups. This is a terrible Mm. website. You should refuse to be coerced into doing anything that makes you feel uncomfortable. Even though you like to please other people, it's important to please yourself. And you are capable of standing your ground when there is a need to do so. Eerily similar to yours, that one, isn't it? It is, isn't it? It's just like, can I just check? Can, you know, can I just check? You're not feeling coerced into doing this podcast, are you? No, if anything, oh, like I've had a lovely day. I went for a walk in the woods. <laughs> like I went for breakfast yeah. with my parents. I've had a really nice day. Hmm. Pleased to hear it. I've had a pretty nice week, to be honest. Not going to lie, Matt. I'm. I'm I'm uh, still kind of in holiday mode because I've been off for the last week. Um, I, I assumed you would ask me if I've been anywhere, but um, I, I assumed you'd I tell ass- me. <laughs> uh, conversations are tricky, aren't they, Matt? Yeah, when, like you say, we don't talk to anyone else. <laughs> Um, so we've been we've been to we've been to Centre Parks. Oh, fantastic! I, I think I knew you yeah. were going there. I think you may have told me. Yeah, it's a it's a sort of semi regular annual 
get together for my partner's uh, side of the I family. Might, I might be remembering last yeah. year when you went there. Yeah, possibly. Um, but yeah, as always, it's a pretty good time. It's um, though it it must be said my highlight uh, was the the afternoon where my partner and I took ourselves out of the the borderline prison camp that is centre parks <laughs> and uh, went for an afternoon in Nottingham and left little Zorbs with his grandparents. Um, I see. I think I, we... I've only been to Nottingham maybe once, mm. and it was literally to go to Warhammer World. I don't know anything about right. Nottingham. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I'll tell you more in detail about what we did a, a little later. I think okay. I'll save that just for the moment. But, um, but yeah, in, in general, centre parks, you know, it's all right, isn't it? They've got they've got a pretty good swimming pool there. I've never been. That's, have you never been? No. It's. I mean. I always confuse it. I always think yeah. it's under a giant dome, but that's the Eden Project, isn't it? Well, there is there is a the the swimming pool is under a du- giant dome. Right, that might be one. But but, but not, the entire forest environment yeah. is is not. That would be a bit much. I think it would say. It'll be a very large dome. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's it, it's. It's pretty nice. I think the thing that that um, is nice about it is, particularly using it as my partner's family does, as as uh, somewhere to have, have a few, uh, you know, a few days uh, of a get together. Is that it's kind of neutral territory for everyone. Okay. You know, everyone's needs can be easily met. And. You're not impeding on anyone's, you know, personal space in the same way. Because you're all in more or less identical chalets. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, that's pretty nice. And, uh, yeah. I did absolutely no activities whilst I was there, though. I, I would basically... Any excuse, because our dog, Moss, uh, doesn't really like being left on his own... Uh, they were like, you know, ah, oh, do you want to come and do go karting? And I was like, well, you know, someone needs to look after the dog, don't they? So, oh, <laughs> uh, you're nothing if not yeah. you're a martyr. <laughs> <laughs> so I would then just have two hours of absolute bliss where I would just sat by myself play, playing a board game or just getting a bit of YouTube in. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to spend time with family, isn't it? Oh, it's lovely. <laughs> lovely. I don't know. What did I do? <laughs> Last weekend, uh, I just had some friends over. Went for a big walk mm. last weekend. Went to, this weekend, today, I went to Yearsley Woods. I've never been there before. Oh, now, where, I'm trying to picture, it's, whereabouts is it's that? It's owned by Ampleforth Abbey. Ah, right, okay. So it's up that neck of the woods. Yeah. It is huge. Like, mm. I'm not saying I was scared I got lost in the woods, but <laughs> very nearly got lost in the woods. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, it's nice to be out and amongst the trees, though, isn't it? Yeah. Trees are good. Because I did absolutely nothing yesterday, so we needed to get out and mm. get some fresh air today. Yeah, yeah. No harm in that. Um, Matt. Hello. I think it's about time that I asked you what your meal of the fortnight is. Oh, well. <laughs> it's gin, David. Just gin. <laughs> Any particular gin oh, or just, just gin in, just ab- in the abstract? life-bringing gin. Just, you know, <laughs> just copious gin. I thought about it today and I was just like, I had a pretty good pizza the other night, but I, I kind of did dry January, so I tried to right. just go, you know, save a bit of money. I'm always a bit frugal in January, and I thought, oh, I'll just cut the booze out. Uh, so, 1st of February, I just came home, basically drank, like, half a slab of lager and a bottle of gin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like... Booze is better than when we were young. Like, mm. when we were young, you'd go to the pub and you could either have, like, bitter or lager. Beer is so much better these days. There's certainly a little more choice than and, there was in our And, day. like, I remember being young, watching, like, Bottom or the Young Ones, and, the dr- mm. and they always joked that gin was like a dirty drink, like Mother's Ruin. But, oh, yeah, gin, yeah, yeah. Gin is, gin is lovely. Well, that's what I was wondering, because like, there has been this sort of it's the, gin renaissance yeah, the over the last few years. Called. Oh, has it genuinely yeah. been called that? Yeah. 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 And, and, it, and I was just wondering, like, when did that really take root? So I, I got some gin that I think it was like, I don't know, pineapple and mango. It just tasted like lilt. Mm. But I do, I do like gin and lemon fanta. Yeah. I'll tell, you, I, I, I tell not... you what you can't find these days. I sound like one of those 1980s comedians. Like, I'll tell you what you don't see much of these days. I struggle to find <laughs> bitter lemon, David. Where's bitter lemon gone? <laughs> I couldn't rightly tell you, Matt. No. I've never, I've, I've never really been uh, terribly invested in it. Mm. I mean, I, I mean, gin, gin generally, it's not, it's not my go-to, if I'm being honest. I've occasionally enjoyed a bit of slow gin. See, traditionally, when it comes to spirits, I'm a whiskey man. But mm. my my partner quite likes gin, so I like to have it in in case she wants one. Um, yeah. It t- turns out I bought one for her coming over and had to replace it. <laughs> oh, just delicious <laughs> gin. What about you? Well, there we go. Have, so, you, um, have you consumed anything as lovely as gin? Oh, Hard to say, hard to say. Um, but my highlight has got to be um, the pizza that I had in Nottingham. Oh, wow. Uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, <clears throat> so, the the establishment we went to is called, I, th- I, I want to say, Pizza Punk. Okay. Um, and on, on the outside... It very much tries to put across that it's this sort of hardcore punk themed establishment, you know. The A in pizza is an anarchy sign, and, and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, and really show, so, showing it to the man. 
Yeah, so I was kind of like half wondering. It, it wasn't our first choice, but the, the pizza restaurant we we um, we were intending to go to when we turned up, like the the doors were locked and there were no lights on. So we're like, well, you claim to be the best pizza in Nottingham, but uh, you know if there's no pizza to be had, I think that's false claim on this occasion. Um, so we ended up in Pizza Punk. Um, so yeah. It's it's trying to put across how edgy it is from the outside. Uh, we wander in. They're playing. They're playing Pink Floyd. Okay. Yeah. Famous punk band. The, the Pink Floyd. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Other highlights of the um, of the playlist whilst we were there uh, was a little bit of big band jazz. Okay. Uh, two two songs by the Police in the space of fifteen minutes. Yeah. And. Uh, and as we were leaving, they were playing. Uh, I'm trying to think which which song it was now. Um, Don't stop me now by Queen. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Some really, people, really punking it up. Punk, David, but because you know, <laughs> the man don't yeah. like it. <laughs> and the main the, the the decor of the place they had they had a couple of walls with um, some digitally printed, incredibly lame graffiti on. Right. They had a neon sign saying, uh, eat your pizza and make some trouble. I have to say, if I genuinely attempted to make any trouble, I have a feeling they would have politely asked me to leave very quickly into proceedings. Um, And there was a few... A few pristine, clearly never been used skateboards mounted on one wall. So, um, yeah, about as punk as it gets, Matt. But what I will tell you about the pizza is it had a a few interesting ingredients. Sorry, we'll we'll wait for my dog to finish digging in his bed. Sorry about this, listeners, if Matt keeps this in. I always do, David. Because we could be here sometime. What he tends to do is he'll dig and dig and dig in his bed. Uh, to, to, to what end, nobody knows. You know, there's no there's no loose items in there that he's moving around. He's just digging. So he's trying to dig a hole to Australia. And then, after a second, he'll stop and then just climb out of it and hop back up on the sofa. So... But you've got to let the whole thing play out. Yeah. There's no, there's no dissuading him from this behaviour. Making any progress, Moss? Yeah? We'll see. Right, anyway. So, this pizza, that It had a couple of interesting ingredients. Um, I mean, it, uh, to be fair, just on a basic level, the pizzas they did were nice, like thin sourdough base, proper brick pizza ovens, good quality mozzarella, you know, not shabby pizza. Uh, They had a couple of uh, vegetarian meat alternatives and, you know, a lot of this kind of stuff you just wouldn't get on menus even as, as recently as three or four years ago. So... I like to try those things when when they're on there these days, just to see you know, have a have a bit of a variety. Um, so I had some vegetarian pepperoni, 
and some vegetarian. Uh, I, I think I'm gonna pronounce this correctly. Undue. Oh yeah, Are you familiar with that sausage, stuff? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I later made the mistake of popping on Wikipedia and looking up what it is. Because uh, yeah, <laughs> <yeah>. I. <laughs> um, I'm glad I've got. The... Yeah, I, I'm certainly glad I had the vegetarian version. Yeah. Um, and but the most important uh, new ingredient on this pizza was victory. Because Matt, uh, just an hour prior, uh, my partner and I had uh, successfully completed uh, our first escape room together. Ah. In 53 minutes. How did you find it? I had an absolute blast. Yeah. Escape rooms are one of those things that ever since they, they started becoming a thing, I was like, I am all in on this. I love this. I want to do this. And I have never had the opportunity because uh, I live in the arse end of nowhere. Uh, I don't have a lot of disposable income. Um, and I have a, a a small child that I have to look after most of the time um, when I'm at home. So I just never managed to sort of make the planets align before and actually get out and do one. And my partner said, look, this week we're going to be able to palm little Zorbs off on my parents. Let's get get out for an afternoon and go and do an escape room together. And so we did. And yeah, it was it was brilliant. I won't spoil it for anyone, but if you're um if you're in Nottingham, I believe the name of the uh, establishment was Escapology. They got a few set up there. The one we did was called Contraption, which had a sort of uh, vaguely steampunky, vaguely 1920s kind of theming. Uh, and we had an absolute blast doing it. Excellent. So, um, yeah. And I'll be honest, several days later, I'm still slightly riding the high <laughs> of doing it. Because, well, um, can I surprise you, yeah. David? Because yeah, of course. I have no children. I have a shit ton of disposable income and I'm doing an escape room next week. Ah. Uh, congratulations. Have you done one before? Uh, I have done, I believe, two or three before. Yeah? So, I take it you're on board as well, then? Oh, I love them. Love them. Yeah. I, it's the sort of thing where, honestly, if if I could, I'd probably do one every week. Yeah. I, I genuinely don't think I'd get tired of them. No, like, they're, they're good fun. And they make you feel clever yeah. when you solve it. Oh, it's so satisfying. I mean, I'll be honest, as with most things in life, uh, my partner probably did most of the heavy lifting. But I did come up with the uh, the solution to the final puzzle. And uh, so <laughs> I, I felt I, I felt like I, I, could, I could take... Um, more credit than I probably deserved because of that. See, whilst we're praising uh, escape rooms, David, you, you, yeah. you might be fooled into thinking that's going to be the star of uh, what Matt likes this week. Yeah. Uh, but this oh, we're is... sticking with this one, are we? Uh, I don't know. I might retire it. I've got an idea for another one that might come up in a minute. But this week, David, okay. I like the fact 
nobody's complained about our podcast. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that's when we don't have to institute the complaints policy. Yeah, back in your lane, listener. But David, <laughs> I thought of another segment. What's that? It's one where I came up with the title first and then worked it backwards from there. Always a good sign. Yeah. So this one, David, it's called That's B-Sides The Point. Ooh. B-Sides is spelt B, like the letter B. Sides. Yes. Like the music. And is, I thought you could just... Yeah, so it's hyphenated. Yeah, just recommend yeah. a song you've listened to. Does it have to be a B-side? I don't know. I mean, let's just thrash it out on pod. Oh, okay. I mean, it can be. Got any good B-sides yeah. you want to recommend? Um, Not really at the moment. Um, Not that I've been listening to recently. I'll tell you what I have been listening to a lot of in terms of just individual songs is um, the uh, the new singles from Dutch Uncles, uh who are a sort of math pop band that I've been a big fan of for many years. It's, it's a Dutch uncle where you fart in bed and pull the covers over your head. I, <laughs> that's a Dutch oven, isn't oh, it? Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> what What is it where two men mutually masturbate each other? Ah, oh, that's a Dutch rudder. Yeah, I've never looked up whether there is any sort of origin to the name Dutch Uncles. I assume there must be. Uh, I'll go on uh, over but anyway, whilst you tell me about them. Yeah. Anyway, the the album isn't out yet. Uh, it's called True Entertainment. The um, the most recent single is the one that I think is the strongest of the three so far, and it's called uh, Tropicala Brackets Two to Five. Um, so on Urban Dictionary, there's two meanings of Dutch Uncle. One's very... Yeah. Oh, no, there's three, two of which are sexually <laughs> explicit. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, no, that's three of four. <laughs> uh, three of five. Three, three of six. Look, let's just say so it, it, it involves farting, and I'll say no more. <laughs> I mean, certainly, I wouldn't put it past them if that if that was uh, indeed the the origin of their name. But anyway, it's a catchy little song. I recommend it to to all and sundry. What about you, Matt? I'm going to say I'm going to go with an old one. There's one okay. one of my favourite bands is a band called Stellar Star, and their third album, which I don't think got a UK release. Uh, it was out mm-hmm. in like 2010, I think. It's only just come out on Spotify. Like, I think there was some sort right. of rights issue or something. Uh, so, mm. listen to the album Civilized by Stellar Star. In particular, the song Prom Zombie is my favourite song. There you go. Okie dokie. Right, Matt, I'm going to listen to that. And I'll give you my thoughts next time we speak. Oh, you'll hate it, because it's, like, happy. Oh. I like happy music. The song I recommended is is, is a very upbeat, jolly one. Yeah, Honestly, but it'll I be, recommend like, you give it some a listen. sort of weird story where it is upbeat and jolly, but somehow you're a wizard and, you know, you're <laughs> punching a dolphin because it stole the last bread roll in the bakery. That's your sort of music. <laughs> 
Give it a listen, Matt. Honestly, oh, I think it, it, I, it I, I know again? this was Dutch uncles. Dutch uncles, and the song is called uh, Tropicana Two to Five. I tell you what, I can't spell that, so I'm just going to search Dutch uncles, and if I think I've got the right song, I'll listen to it. Right yeah. on my tick list of things we need to talk about, David, I've got. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's not January anymore, so I can't ban listener tweets anymore. But then, yeah, it's this fortnightly schedule. February came round too quick for me. Because <laughs> on that note, David, we're not far off yeah. Valentine's Day, and that's when we said we'd kiss. So I mean, am I just driving to your house yeah. and then give you a kiss and then go home? I, I don't know. We'll 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 have to make some sort of arrangement, won't we? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be it's weird funny because, because we haven't we're, hung we're, out in like two years in person. But it's, yeah, it's been a while. It'll be a fine how do you do. Um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we'll figure something out. I'm probably going to end up putting more planning into uh, the kiss for the pod than I am in actual Valentine's plans for me and my partner. Uh, See, so yeah, I panicked. And... Um, I just went, I like, when it, it was payday, I went online yeah. and I was like, I'll go on into Flora. Oh, I hope she's not listening because this gives the game away. I was like, oh, I'll just order <laughs> some roses, get them delivered to her house because she works from home. Um, so I, like, yeah. paid 30 quid for this, like, pot of roses. And I was like, that that's great. That's a thoughtful gift. And as soon as I clicked buy and, like, paid for it, I was like, they're awful. Why have I done that? <laughs> Can't back out now, though. No, but, like, I'm going to have to apologise on Valentine's Day, and that's never a good thing. <laughs> Happens more often than you might think, I'm sure. Uh, anyway, on that dark note, shall we, shall we uh, talk about this week's episode? Yeah, so, Secrets In of fact, the Stars. Bef- before we do, Matt, I'm going to quickly go and get myself an antihistamine. Right, well, I'm going to go get myself another beer. I might get some gin. I'm going to go get a gin. And meet me back here in five seconds. Hello. Hello. I went to get some gin. How was that for you? It was okay. I'm just going to put some, some delicious tonic in with my gin. I'm not a complete animal. Uh, so, Matt, Secrets of the Stars. Right. Can I, can I start here by telling you something, David? Of course you can. I really like the Sarah Jane Adventures. Yeah. <laughs> Is that just um, by comparison? I, I, th- or... I think it is a reaction to Torchwood. But yeah. I, I don't watch any TV like it. And it's so uncynical. <laughs> like yeah, everything yeah. else I watch. Like I was watching The Apprentice earlier. And I was just like, oh, fucking hell, these lot are awful. And then I watched this and I, was, I just had an absolute hoot. It does, it does, like, there is something about it that that sort of brings you back to a slightly simpler time, doesn't it? Like, yeah. just a time when the NHS wasn't in permanent crisis. When uh, there was just a, a, a shred of optimism in the air. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, and the the world hadn't been sort of turned inside out through like, uh... this. This episode will have aired <laughs> literally the week I started working at the school I work at now. Yeah, and I'd have been That's young and about. bright-eyed and be like, "Yes, education." Now, yeah. wish I could go on bloody strike. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't blame, I don't blame you. But uh, no, no politics. But anyway, in yeah. The pod. So, um, no, of course but, not. Yeah. Though, of course, solidarity to all strikers. But um. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Foot, foot, foot the Tories. Anyway, um, I, yeah, I, I'm having an okay time with this. I quite like the Sarah Jane Adventures. Yeah, I, I, what I would say is um, with this one. <clears throat> There's nothing, like, even close to offensively bad about it. Like, it doesn't really put a foot wrong in terms of doing what it sets out to do. Yeah, and like like you said How, last week, you know, yeah. I think we have to make some admissions. This is for children. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, so it's never going to be, like, the high-octane, like, thrill ride... I might get from other shows, but do you know what? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 rarely less than watchable. Mm. Um, Don't say that next week could be an absolute but, stinker. Oh, who knows? Um, but I mean, by the same token, I don't think it's. I don't think it ever really. I've I've yet to see from Sarah Jane it hitting, hitting some of the highs that you'll get mm. with. Doctor Who in its best. It just seems to hover around that six or seven out of ten range. Yeah. <laughs> and and ne- never really quite going above that. And I, I if I were to if I were to criticize this particular story, I would say I think the first half is stronger than the, the second half. I think the setup is really strong and the payoff is a little RTD by numbers. I, I also think, if I'm being critical of this story, I think it kind of hints at and sets up a conclusion that never comes. Uh, yeah, possibly. Um, I, I I maybe know what you're what you're referring to there. We'll, we'll we'll sort of maybe see as we go along. But I think I think we should just dive into this one. Okay, so. This is, as we've said, Secrets of the Stars, written by Gareth Roberts, directed by Michael Kerrigan. It is the third story of season two, broadcast on the 20th and the 27th of October, 2008. Yes, indeed. So we open with Russ Abbott. Is that who it is? That's who it is, Russ Abbott. I didn't... I didn't bother looking it up. I really should have, shouldn't I? Mm. So, Russ Abbott was big in the late 80s, early 90s? And I mean the very early 90s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's weird. Like, I have very distant memories of watching some of Russ Abbott's sketch shows. Uh, but I couldn't have been more than, what, six years old or something? Uh, I'm just getting him up on... TV. So the Russ Abbott show started in 1986. It doesn't say when it finished. 
Ah, uh, oh, so it finished in 1991. So, I mean, I would have only been six. Yeah, I would have been five then, so... Uh, but, yeah, he was definitely... It, not... I wouldn't say he was old school in the way of like he wasn't like cannon and ball and and, and you know that that kind of old school comic but certainly he was he wasn't part of the alternative comedy scene coming up in the 80s you know he was a lot more mainstream than your uh you know the likes of uh, the young ones and Fry and Laurie, yeah, and, yeah, the, the the exciting stuff. So I think, as a result, he tends to get a bit forgotten about. But he, uh, let's be honest, he probably pulled in much bigger viewing figures than any of those it's, comedians it's really did. Sad if if you if you Google it, yeah, uh, yeah, it, it turns out nowadays he's living a reclusive lifestyle. Uh, because basically, as you say, it's been left behind. But also, his old yeah. TV shows have been considered like inappropriate. They would get cancelled, so they can't air. Yeah. So it turns out Les Dennis is really worried about him. Really? Yeah, that's the new story oh, from gosh. the mirror. Oh gosh! Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing. I I don't I don't know off the top. I can't like. Imagine that he was any more egregiously sexist or, or racist or anything than than what was typical of that era. But what was typical of that era, era just would not fly today. Mm. And if it doesn't have... I mean, there's stuff in things like, for example, not the 9 o'clock news, where you could look at it and be like, oh, I see the point they're making... But you wouldn't do it like that nowadays. And that kind of stuff gets a pass. Mm-hmm. But the stuff where you look at it and just like and it's there's no element of like satire where it's simply just, oh, you just wouldn't do that nowadays. Yeah. See, <laughs> That's the stuff that doesn't get replayed. When I realised it was Russ Abbott, the only sketch I can remember from the Russ Abbott show was it was called Morecambe Bay. Watch, and it was the TV right. show Baywatch, but set in Morecambe Bay. And then when I thought I about it, I see what it, they did there. Was that like a weird parody or like take on when all those people died on Morecambe Beach? No, that happened long after. Oh, surely, thank God. Like, I was like, yeah. is that why he got cancelled? Because he made a joke about all those yeah. like people that were picking cockles and mussels getting washed out to sea. No. No, that was that would have been like what two thousand and five or something, wasn't it? That that incident. There's a niche reference yeah. for our non-English yeah. listeners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want to feel really sad, feel free to look that that yeah. incident up. Yeah, I'll, but, I'll put a uh, link to that in the show happy, notes. Yeah, it's not a happy story. <laughs> um, God, I've not thought about that in a while. Crikey. Um, but yeah, I mean. Well, Russ Abbott in this, what do you think of his performance in this? It's big, isn't it? But it's not too big. Yeah, yeah. I think he treads a very fine line. I I think ultimately, he's read the script. I mean, which is the minimum you'd hope from an actor coming in on your show. 
Uh, but yeah, he's read the script and I think has gone, right, this is CBBC, it's Doctor Who, it, it, you know... I can't, you know, I can't be too subtle here. And also, you probably don't get Russ Abbott in if, if subtle's what you're going for. Yeah. Um, so I think he just about gets away with it. I think he is at a slight disadvantage because I did a couple of times find myself thinking, this is an okay guest villain performance, but we just had Bradley Walsh last week doing um, a, an incredible turn as that sort of shape-changing uh, clown entity. I forget his name. And by comparison, this this one's just a little bit dry. Yeah. And, and that's not... That, I don't think that's Russ Abbott's fault. I think that's entirely the fault of just having a less meaty part to, you know there's there there isn't as much you can do with this other than he starts out sort of normal and gets madder and madder as the story goes on see what i thought was if you watch this week's episode which is about this primordial light power and last week's yeah. episode was like about an evil clown i just think the writers have just read it by stephen king <laughs> <laughs> it's two parts of the story. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, they they are they are restricted in a way that Doctor Who writers are not, in that they've whatever weird sci-fi shenanigans they do, they somehow got to tie it down to present day Earth, and specifically one small suburb of London. Um where ev everything seems to be occurring. Yeah. So, you know... <laughs> this is just the thing with Sarah Jane, isn't it? It's like everyone is basically doing the best that they can within the limited parameters and resources available to them. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of... It just puts a cap on how great this show can be compared to Doctor Who. Because, you know, Doctor Who has this immense freedom to go anywhere and do anything and have a crack at any type, kind of story. Um, and we're never going to quite get that with Sarah Jane Adventures, I don't think. No. But anyway, as you say, it is a cosy, easy watch this one so uh anyway yes right. russ abbott we open with him. sorry be let's get before we this. move on the morecambe bay right, coddling okay. disaster happened on the 5th of february 2004 right russ abbott plays okay. martin truman who is like a psychic but then we find out he's you know doing astrology and he tells yeah. a young woman known as cheryl's fortune also, it's like Russ yeah. Abbott's never seen the name Cheryl before because he calls her Cheryl a lot. <laughs> yeah, maybe he knew a Cheryl. Maybe there was one person out there who preferred to go by Cheryl. Um, and he's not that great at his job. He's just kind of half-arsing no. it and making it up. But then he admits yeah. to being a fraud when she offers to pay him yeah. her mortgage money. And, you know, we can yeah. see the Martin Truman prior to the incidents of this story, is a yeah. good person. 
I, I th- I'll be honest, straight out the gate, most far-fetched thing in this story. Yeah. <laughs> An astrologer... Turning who... down money. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um, no no offence to any of our listeners who, who do uh, believe in this yeah. bunkum. <laughs> no offence to any fucking cuckoo nut jobs that believe in that old tripe. Yeah, but just, you know, have a little think about <laughs> what decisions you've made <laughs> yeah. and how you might want to turn things and, around. And make that decision <laughs> yourself. Don't rely on yeah. friends yeah. that have been recommended to you in today's horoscope. Yeah. If, I mean, if, if we're being deadly serious for a moment, I think the reason that a lot of these things, astrology, uh, cartomancy... Um, psychic readings, all that sort of stuff. Ultimately, it's a heck of a lot cheaper than a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> and if you get an individual who is actually not good at divination and whatnot, because, to be clear, that is impossible. They, they at, at most, they are good at cold reading and a good judge of character. Uh, but anyway, the, for those people, if you get a good one who, who is a good listener and can give solid advice and isn't going to suddenly tell you to, you know, just start sniffing a plank of wood instead of getting chemotherapy if you've got <laughs> a late stage cancer, then, uh, you know, there's there there is some benefit potentially to that because you know having having a friendly ear can make the world a difference to people so i don't want to take that away from people i guess is what i'm saying um but yeah to be clear astrology is nonsense (laughs) so whilst he's doing this absolute charlatan act a meteor approaches and hits him and it gives him yeah. the power. I've just written it gives him the power to zap. So he zaps the girl. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Then we get the All intro right. sequence. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Clyde, Luke, and the Rani go see Martin Truman at a theatre. And. <laughs> Are you going to sustain that for the foreseeable? David, I've written it all the way the through Rani. my notes. <laughs> okay, just to forewarn our listeners. Yeah, I've never been more convinced of. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, when I, I couldn't predict what Bad Wolf was. Well, yeah, I've seen this one yeah. coming. All right. Okay. Right. Uh, they all have to write their names and birthdays down so that um, Martin Truman can do some predictions. But Luke has no birthday. Yeah. Wop, wop. Or personality, or endearing qualities. <laughs> uh, so, whilst this is going yeah. on... I don't know. He's... I don't know, he's growing on me, you know. He's okay, isn't he? He's loosened up a lot from yeah. Series 1. Uh, so, Clyde hates this and says it's all rubbish. Um, yeah. And then Sarah Jane turns up with the Rani's parents. They all take their seat... And the girl from earlier, Cheryl, uh, now works yep. for Martin, and we see her husband come to take her home. 
And she's like, yeah. no, no, leave me alone. I, I work for Martin now. And he's really distressed I, I, and distraught. I did find it odd the way we had the kids all going to see this astrology. I mean, already that's weird. Three teenagers being like, yeah, let's go and see an astrologer's stage show. Um, yeah, but this was, even under this duress was in the case Fortnite, of Clyde. David. Oh, I guess. If, if, I tell you what. <laughs> I guess if, this was if, if the, the best day, they had you was... would be going to see it. <laughs> I, I, I will say, if, if the best alternative Clyde and Luke had was that game they were playing on Mr. Smith oh, in the yeah. previous episode, then yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I, I what I found odd was you had the kids all going and then they just happened to bump into all of the adults who were responsible for them. Yeah. Like, like, do they not speak would, would, to one another? Yeah. Would, would, would Riley's parents and Sarah Jane not all run, already be aware of where their their children are going to be that evening? Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> how are the children sourcing their income to buy these tickets? <laughs> yeah, who knows? I found that a slightly odd writing choice, but anyway, not important in the grand scheme of things. Right. So Cheryl refuses to go with her husband... Uh, in an ongoing joke, the Rani's mum called Sarah Jane Sarah. Yeah, I think we're getting that for the whole series, Matt. Yeah, I think it's quite a if milky lucky... joke. Yeah. <laughs> if we're lucky, there might be some payoff, eventually. Uh, you missed it when I said it was a milky joke. What's going on there? Have, have I, have I... Uh, it's because Luke says that... Um... Martin Truman's really milky. Oh, and Clyde goes, oh, yes, I told I you the word that. is cheesy. Yeah, oh, how yeah. we laughed. Yeah. Again, you know, that's that series one, Luke. I feel like we moved on from that. Yeah. Uh, so, turns out Truman can just control the audience, including Clyde. Yeah. Now, he knows everything about the Rani. I reckon he knew about her dark past. You know that bit with the coal yeah, miners maybe. when she was teaming up with the master. <laughs> yeah. All that time she, she flew around in a war memorial that the doctor defaced and desecrated in the middle of London. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sarah Jane becomes uncomfortable when Martin talks about the doctor, and then she gets mad, and then he says she will lose an upcoming battle. And this is where I thought the plot was going. Because he's like, oh, you've had many victories, but defeat is coming. And I was like, is this someone from Classic Who I don't know about? Is there some sort yeah. of like previous foe that's been defeated, but then Sarah Jane, you know, I, I thought that's where we were going with this. Yeah. So Sarah Jane storms out, goes home and says, oh, I'm going to go ask Mr. Smith. Meanwhile, Truman says, tomorrow, I'm going to speak to the whole world. World, even. Not the whole word. Mm. And then, I couldn't work this bit out. Because he's going to be interviewed live on TV. Because the person they wanted fell down some stairs. But she lives in a bungalow. So I was like, has he mind-controlled her to say, oh, I fell down the stairs and it's all a bit fishy? Or did he take her elsewhere, push her down some stairs, and then return her to the bungalow? 
Uh, I, I feel like probably the latter. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but e- e- to be honest, either way, good joke. I enjoyed it. it prob- probably one of, one of the best jokes of, of the uh, whole story. Now, you've pointed out a highlight there. I'm going to tell you something, David. I'm growing tired yeah. of. Mr. Smith, I need you, followed by trumpets. Like, like, I get it. Who, who's watching the third story in season two? I'm going, oh, who's this Mr. Smith character they're, they're on about? Oh, God, yeah. They they committed to it, didn't they? They, they? they did it in the pilot and they were like, right, okay, this is what we have to do now every time. Imagine if every time the Doctor wanted to use the TARDIS in an episode of Doctor Who... Since 1963, we we got the same mu- musical sting and, like, a couple of, of uh, I don't know, like a, a special lever emerged from the TARDIS console. Da, 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 da. It's just... It's so unnecessary, isn't it? Well, Mr. in this, it's like, oh, we'll go speak to Mr. Smith. Da, 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 da. Mr. Smith does nothing in this story. Why are we heralding oh, him as some rubbish, sort of isn't hero? It? Yeah. He, like, has he not got a camera? Because at one point he's going, nothing is happening, and everyone's dying around him. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that, then. Right. That way, uh, they think Truman has a bio-damper that's hiding alien tech. Uh, he says all the ancient lights are aligning. Uh the next day, Luke is real. Oh, yeah. Doesn't he say, like, every every star in the universe will be in conjunction? Yeah. And I'm like, in conjunction with what? In what? How on earth? Also. Like, right. that is just utter nonsense. All, all the way through this, they're going, oh, 13 billion years ago. when The Big, the big Bang was 45 billion years ago. I'll tell you that for nothing. Yeah. If not further yeah. behind. I know planet Earth. Is this just a case that? Uh, uh, is this just a case that the science has been revised in in since this episode was written? Uh, quite possibly. I wonder. Quite possibly. Yeah, because I mean that's one of those things where it's like it's just a guess, isn't it? Let's be honest. We don't even know for definite that it was a big bang. It's just the best guess we have right now. So that's what everybody goes with. So that they can just get on with their lives. Now, David, if if one day yeah. you were sat at home yeah. and you were upset because you don't have a birthday, <laughs> yeah, and, okay, and, yes. And my attempt to comfort you was simply, "I'm going out with all your friends. You stay here." How would that make you feel? <laughs> it probably wouldn't help. I think it's fair to say. I I, yeah. I I know that you know I picked on the fact that Luke isn't Sarah Jane's biological child, but her her maternal instinct and caregiving is all over the place. <laughs> like at the end, she's, she's still like, very He's my son. He's the centre of my universe. She she's fucking mugging him off left, right, and centre till then. <laughs> she's um. <sighs> Look, she's still a rookie, isn't she? She's getting used to it. I, I've not seen a lot of her in Classic Who. Like, I've seen yeah. Monster of Peladon and I've seen the five Doctors she's in. 
Was she, like, quite a cold character? Like, in this, she's just distant to everyone and mistrusting. And... I wouldn't say she was cold, um, but she... She was very close with the Doctor. And in some ways, at times, they almost give me, like, Rose and the Tenth Doctor vibes. Not in the romantic way, necessarily, but in just that they're very wrapped up in each other mm -hmm. at times. And you never really... I, I'm struggling to think of a Sarah Jane story where she made any really deep connections with the incidental characters. If you think about if K9 that makes and sense. company, she goes and pisses off a whole village. Yeah, like, she will, she will talk to people, she'll get information out of them, but it's always a foregone conclusion. She's coming back to that TARDIS and off to the next adventure. Mm. Um... And and it's it's that element that I think is similar to sort of series two, Rose and Ten, where you get the feeling that even when they're apart, their 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 main aim is basically sort out whatever's going on here, and then we're back in the TARDIS yeah. together, you know. Um, so I think it works in the context of it. She certainly her portrayal in this feels very consistent with where that character would be after having been dropped off on Earth and un basically unceremoniously dumped by the Doctor right. in that way that she was. Um, and you know it's explored in School Reunion. <laughs> that she sort of was never fully able to move on from that. And and, and I think we get that here. Um, and, and Luke is kind of giving her a sort of later in life opportunity to move on a bit and, and focus on something new. Yeah. How, how old was Sarah Jane when she started travelling with the Doctor? Oh, she must have been, what... Mid twenties, maybe. Okay. I I didn't know she was projecting uh, like the childhood she never had onto this weird band of children she seems obsessed with. I I don't think so. She was, you know, she was, she was a young woman. She was starting out in a career in journalism. You know, she. Um, is is so she I, actually I a journalist in this? She always says she is. I've never seen her go to work. <laughs> How is she paying the rent in that well, massive house and that I'm, nice car? Pre presuming freelance, but also, yeah, you never get, you never see her like on the phone with an agent or a publisher or anything. Oh. So, yeah, we we have to assume that that's that's what's happening between stories. I think. So yeah, Sarah Jane leaves with the Rani to go speak to Truman. And Luke finds out that astrology exists on other planets in other cultures. Now, we don't see that, David. The, the, the budget for this show doesn't allow it. We just get some pictures up on the no. screen. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Sarah Jane and the Rani are welcomed into Truman's home. And Sarah Jane scans him with her watch, thinking he can't see this. But he actually welcomes it and challenges her. Yeah. And says, you know, there's nothing going on. 
So, yeah. ultimately, they're about to leave whilst he threatens them, and then he just zaps at them a little bit. Yeah, he loves to do a little zap, this guy. Yeah, and for some reason, whilst they're really mad, he's like, I'm just going to take over Clyde then. These two have yeah. really annoyed me. I'm going to get their mate. Yeah. Uh, so, Mr. Smith scans a burn on the Rani's coat from when she got zapped. And it was burnt by nothing. Wow. That surely isn't possible. Yeah. I, How could I, this I was be? hoping Mr. Mr. Smith would scan it and he'd get the blue screen of death and like have to reset on like Microsoft <laughs> XP or something. <laughs> Just install some updates. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then where are we up to? Truman captures Clyde. And we find out the ancient lights break the laws of physics because they might be from another universe. A universe from before yeah. our universe. They just pluck that out the air. That's not an explanation. Like, they're just like, <laughs> that well, I mean, it doesn't fit the laws of physics, so I don't know. Another universe? And then Luke pipes up and goes, tell you what, what about a universe before our universe? There we go, problem solved. And everyone just nods. There's no evidence for this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole whole debate to be had where whether, you know, did linear time as we understand it exist before the Big Bang? Yes, it did. Luke you says know. so. <laughs> okay, fine, we sorted that one out. Put your pens down, boffins. Yeah. <laughs> Luke's got Luke's got it figured out. Um anyway, um I think you just have to go with it, don't you? Um, yeah. Imagine. I, I will say. Sort of, it'd almost be like an episode of Futurama. Someone drops the nuclear yeah. bomb and we live in a dystopian future. And the only media that survives is the Sarah Jane adventures. And people like build religions yeah. and cults on it. Like, it's absolutely mental. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but. I will say, more broadly, the ancient lights, as they are established as, as our true villain for this story, the other true entity, <sighs> bit, bit meh, aren't they? It's been done, hasn't it? it? It has, and at the end of the day, let's call a spade a spade, it's an excuse for them to have a big alien threat but portrayed by just normal actors looking normal in their normal faces without any makeup or anything. Yeah. You know, I, I, we've had that, we've had that sort of twice in a row now. At least, at least Bradley Walsh got some interesting costumes. Russ Abbott just gets a, a slightly ostentatious white suit. Yeah, and a red light. Yeah. I really, if my big hope for the next story is. Uh, I want a proper alien. I want a proper rubber costume, you know, weird mask, uh, proper alien. Yeah, because we've, we've had a Sontaran, but they would have had that costume yeah. anyway, wouldn't they? Yeah, but, th- but that's been it. That's been it so far. I, uh, I think if I've got one hope, I want there to be a big yeah. bad... Yes, yeah. Well, as you said, there was this hint at, you know, you you know, uh, 
uh, you will lose this battle. Uh, said to Sarah. I forget the exact wording now, but there was. I think there is probably a way to read that. Um, in the moment, you think it's a threat from from the 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 entity basically saying, "Ah, oh, you're not going to best me." But what if it's not that? What if it is a genuine prophecy of a further battle down the line that we are yet to see? You know. Yeah. Like... So we could be hinting towards something there, but I don't know if that's giving it too much credit. Yeah, I I don't know. I I feel we've seen enough of these characters that we don't need monster of the week every week. Like let the characters yeah, yeah. do something. Uh, it would be nice to have have a stronger through line. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Right. To wrap up episode one then, Sarah Jane Luke and the yeah. Rani are watching Truman on TV. It's been broadcast on all television channels around the world. And uh, Truman speaks specifically to Sarah Jane, at which point Clyde arrives and makes it very windy. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. And, yeah, and this is when you've got um, Mr. Smith repeating over and over again, nothing is happening, nothing is happening. And the whole the whole cliffhanger, to me, felt like budget Moffat. You know, how, how Moffat would do this a lot with his cliffhangers. He'd have some sort of ominous phrase repeating over and over and like there'd be sort of three seemingly disparate things all happening. But it's like, oh, no, just everything's gone mad. What will happen? And it felt like a very lame version of, of, of that. Yeah. Do you, am I mad? Do you know what I'm talking about with, with that? I don't know whether... Uh, I mean, uh, Silence in the Library is a good example of what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. I, I think I'm with you on that one a little bit. Yeah. It, 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 it doesn't have the impact of something like that, though. Right. So, episode two begins with Clyde being unable to kill them. Something is stopping him. And... Truman outlines again that the star alignment means ancient lights will shine on people soon. This means that the Rani's mum is possessed. And I googled the Rani's mum, because all the time we've watched yeah. this, I've been like, I recognise her. I recognise her. And she's she was in the thing. Can I guess? Line. Can I guess? Oh, of course! Yes, yes. Yeah, with Ron I was going to... I was going to guess Corrie, but... Oh, she but, was also no, in Coronation right. Street, yeah. I was, she, she, <laughs> was, she was later in Coronation Street, yeah. I was going to say, she's 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 just... From the moment she was on screen, I was like, Corrie actor. She just, you know, she has that vibe. Yeah, like uh, like I say, I was I know you. I know you from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, no, it, the second you said it, yeah, absolutely. Right, so to elevate the threat, uh, Clyde shoots the ceiling rather than shooting anyone else. And uh -huh. they deduce if he's holding Sarah Jane captive, Luke and the Rani are just free to leave. Yeah. And then the Rani's really sad her mum is possessed. And 
I, I don't know. Her mum's walking down the street, like, going, come on, I'm one of the chosen ones. And Rani's solution to that is just to put her head on her mum's shoulder and walk alongside her. She doesn't fight very much. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, where am I up to? Uh, so, one star sign at a time, people begin to obey Truman. And yeah. Clyde lectures Sarah Jane for a little bit, but he won't harm her. And then when they speak to him and tell him he's above all this, he faints. Can I say as well, I, I'm possessed Clyde. I forget the, the, the kid's name who's playing Clyde, but I think we're, we're, we're reaching... We're, we're scraping over against the very edges of his ability yeah. as an actor here. Yeah. Um, um, and I don't want to be uncharitable about it, but, like, honestly, he was, he was able, I think, to get across that he's not himself. There was no menace in Possessed Clive. Now, let me just have a look, See what else he's up to. Um... So he was in Casualty after this. Right. Yeah. Um, what, as a regular or, or just as a um, bit part? Oh, no, that was before this. Uh, ah. Just as a bit part. Uh, he was in an episode of A Touch of Frost. Right. He was in Demons. Don't know what that is. Oh, no. no then he no. came back to Casualty playing a different character. Right, again, as a, as a one-off? Yeah, so it looks like he's not really... Oh, I was going to say he's not really been active in television and film, but it looks like he's gone and done theatre since then. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. So he's still a jobby actor? Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, and then he's done, like, Big Finish. Um, yeah. Well, of course, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, surely they've done they've done uh, you know four box sets of the Clyde Adventures by this. Uh, point. It's called Beyond Bannerman Road, and uh, <laughs> oh no, it's not out yet. In April twenty twenty three, which will feature the Rani, uh, it's set fifteen years after the work that after the events of the series and features Clyde and Gita. Oh, when that comes out, we'll uh. review that. That's out in April. Oh God! Well, we yeah. Well, we'll we'll have to we'll have to complete Sarah Jane Adventures first. Okay, right. Yeah, deal. Right. Um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, uh, people worldwide except the ancient light. And then I tell you what, there's a bit here where Sarah Jane's acting's all over the place because Rani yeah. like goes, "Oh no, I'm losing hope," and Sarah Jane like shouts. She goes, there's always hope, Rani. Now get your coat, let's go. <laughs> I was just like, it's all over the place. Right. Uh, yeah, Sarah Jane yeah. realises she needs to confront Truman. When they confronted Clyde, it sorted him right out. So yeah. the Rani works out. If he is, you know, transmitting this broadcast from the theatre, if we cut off all the electric to the theatre, then... There's no need for us to um, 
Yeah, there'll, there'll be no there'll be no power to sustain yeah, the broadcast. We might not have to yeah. confront him. We can stop his plan in its tracks. Yeah. Uh, so they all go to the theatre. Uh, everyone who's possessed so far is holding hands. So Clyde pretends to be possessed again to sneak in. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Jane goes to confront Truman, who somehow also summons Clyde using his magic powers, whilst Luke and the Rani look for the electric switch. Whilst this is happening, we see the ancient lights approach Earth. Ooh, uh. Yes, indeed. I mean, it's just a big beam of light. Uh, it is. Luke and the Rani pull loads of plugs. Rani can't pull the main power switch, except Luke does. Um, because the Rani becomes possessed. But Luke's magic, David, because he has no birthday. You can't take over yeah. his star sign if he doesn't have a birthday. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Truman won't relinquish his power. He basically says, I was a bit of a loser before I had all this. So, you know, he says, uh, I used to clean toilets. I used to gather supermarket trolleys. Um, I was a nobody. But now I've got all this power. I can't let it go. So he beams himself up to the stars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think we'll be seeing him again? He's probably hanging out with Brigadier Lethbridge-Stewart up there. <laughs> blasting off together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, the Rani goes home and watches the news. And I like this little tradition that's forming. Every episode, it just ends with her dad just going, I think I'll cook tea. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like this, this episode is running a little short. Because did we need a full minute of uh, the, the discussing the relative merits of Rani's dad's macaroni cheese? No, I, I want it. I want every episode to end with him going, oh, I'll put the oven on. And it to play like the old Grange Hill theme. You know, like, <laughs> oh, I'll put some sausages on. Bow, bow, bow. Oh, what, what I would prefer is just every episode... We get ever so slightly, just an extra 20 seconds of Rani's dad uh, doing the tea until it gets to the point in like series four where the second half of an entire story is just Rani's dad presenting a cookery show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, he's just t- facing the camera, talking us through the whole recipe. <laughs> That'd be quite good. It feels like that's where we're headed. Um. um like, yeah. I'm going off on a few tangents, but I wonder what else he's yeah. been in. Go for it. Let's find out. Uh, like I say, I know nothing I believe, really about this I believe cast the actor's or... name is Ace Batty. Uh, oh, it was in EastEnders for a long time, it seems. Right. Uh, yeah. In 2010. Yeah. Uh, blah, 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 right. blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. He was just... A... Done much of note recently. So... When was this out? 2008. Um, Television. Here we go. So, he did Casualty, EastEnders, um, Line of Duty, which is quite good. Alright, yeah. Nothing much in terms of films. Oh, he was in Bohemian Rhapsody. 
Is it Frankenstein? Yeah. But not the one you're thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Emmerdale for a bit. Bend it like Beckham. Peak uh, practice. He's been on. Uh, he's, he's, get, he's, he's getting yeah, work then. He's getting good. work. Right, and then the very final thing that happens, Luke and Sarah Jane have a little discussion about being different, and they're going to have yeah. a party. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, ah, it's fine. It's, it's nice enough. It's, it's, I see what they're going for. Um, if uh, The one other thing that I would say uh, was a little bit of a disappointment for, for me with this episode, but I think something where... Maybe it's more about what I was bringing to it. Is for most of the first episode, it felt like they were setting up a pretty strong story in which they would be basically telling kids, hey, astrology is a load of nonsense. There's no such thing as destiny. You make your own destiny, and that's a good thing. Um,. And ultimately, that's not quite the direction we go in here. You know, it gets to the point that people are being possessed because of their star signs, which kind of lends credence to this notion that there is some inherent magical property (laughs) in people's star signs. And, you know, we get uh, Mr. Smith's uh, monologue about how there are forms of astrology on every world and every age. And whilst I can believe that every culture would develop its own sort of superstitious practices at one point or another, I I worry that after a a very strong sort of opening scene talking about how, you know, this bloke's a fraud, (laughs) by the end of it, we're getting to this point of, yeah, don't worry, though, kids, astrology's real. (laughs) Um, so that feels like a missed opportunity to me but again you know I'm probably bringing my own baggage to that as someone who is you know committed to their scepticism if you like Um, so yeah I don't know if you had any thoughts on that but no no, just to echo your sentiments really yeah but you know you can't have everything in life I apologise, by the way, Matt, for all the snorkeling this don't week. Don't worry, yeah. With, if I haven't with... edited it out, I don't, I don't really care. Yeah, just had so much dust and, and, and whatnot, and it's it's proper set my allergies off today. Um, anyway, so there we go, Matt. That does it for Secrets of the Stars. Next, uh, oh, did we get any list of tweets? Are we doing that now? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we did, but... Pick one. Wanna, pick one, you, Matt. Pick one. Right, I'm going to pick James Swift. But I'm, okay. I'm not going to pick the tweet he sent us. What I'm going to do, David, is promote James Swift's music. Okay. Because his fourth album, If It Stinks, It Floats, is out a month today. Ah. Okay, if you go on Spotify... Hold on, let me open Spotify. I'll tell you exactly what to search. I think you can probably just search James Swift, but it might have a stage name. Now, just search for If It Stinks, It Floats by James Swift. Give it a listen. Help him in the algorithm. Will do. 
Will do. In fact, All I'm right. going to stick that <laughs> yeah, that's as part tweets. of... Uh, that's besides the point. I'm going to make a point yes, to listen please. to that as well. Excellent. So, next next time, Matt... Hello. We're going to be discussing... The Mark of the Berserker. I thought it was going to be the Mark of the Rani. I'd be like, I knew it, David. It all comes full circle. (laughs) The Mark of the Berserker. Promising title, isn't it? You know. know? I'm hoping that's going to have some meat on the bones. If the Berserker just turns out to be a shadow, I'll be mad. Right? I want an episode title that's really clear. Like, in this episode... A Cyberman punches a Dalek. Yeah. You know what I'd love? I don't... I'm pretty sure it, we're not going to get it. You know what I'd really love? Sycorax. Uh, but, yeah, if we got, like... Have we got potential for them coming back? Do you think? Well, the RTD era, mm-hmm. as creations go, but I feel like something like that would be a really good sort of mid-tier villain to have on uh, Sarah Jane Adventures. But either way, whatever it is, returning or a brand new creation, I want proper alien, proper costume, and um, a a real threat. (laughs) That's what I'm hoping for next week. So, there we go. Until then, uh, as always, thanks ever so much for listening dear listeners and until next time cheerio bye now thank you for listening to neither the time nor the space if you wish to contact us our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on twitter we are at timenorspacepod And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.